Hello and welcome to this Read All About It podcast extra episode, which is celebrating World Book Night, April the 23rd. Now, World Book Night is a national celebration of reading and books that takes place on the 23rd of April every year. And up and down the country, everyone from libraries, local businesses, health organisations and many more celebrate the difference that reading makes to people's lives. World Book Night is run by the Reading Agency, which is a national charity that tackles life's big challenges through the proven power of reading. And World Book Night again has teamed up with publishers to give away over 50,000 books in all formats. Now in the past I've volunteered to be a book giver, getting around 20 copies of a specific title and then giving them away to friends, family and strangers. However, sadly, this year due to the ongoing coronavirus crisis and following government advice, the print books will not be distributed on the 23rd of April, but they will be given to the 370 selected organisations later in the year. However, World Book Night is still giving away a free book, that's a free audiobook, and you can choose from one of these four titles. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, which is narrated by Stephen Fry. North and South by Elizabeth Gaskell, narrated by Gemma Whelan. Double Crossed by Brian Wood, narrated by Brian Wood and Simon Darwin. And Bedtime Stories for Stressed Out Adults, introduced by Lucy Mangan, narrated by Jonathan Keeble and Joan Walker. So go to www.worldbooknight.org for more information. I thought I'd start with the book that I'm currently reading. I'd been wanting to tackle War and Peace, Tolstoy's epic story of Russia set during and after the Napoleonic War. And after asking the good people of Twitter to choose between that and three other books for my next read, I went with the people's vote and so started reading War and Peace. And I'm delighted to say that, so far, so good. I'm about 400 pages into the novel, so I've only got about another 1,000 pages still to go. I actually tried reading it before and got to page 599 before stopping. I still have the original bookmark in my copy. And it's not that I wasn't enjoying the novel before, but I actually stopped when we went on holiday to Spain. I didn't want to be that guy sitting around the pool reading War and Peace. And having put it aside for two weeks, I never returned to it. I don't intend to make that same mistake this time around. It's easy to read, a very engaging story. And the narrative around the Battle of Austerlitz, for example, which is considered to be Napoleon's finest ever victory and a terrible defeat for Russia, is absolutely gripping to read. And I'm looking forward to getting beyond page 599 this time. I'm also reading another book at the same time, which is not something I normally do, since I feel I need to put all my effort into one book. But I figured I might want a break from War and Peace. And since I really wanted to concentrate when reading that, I figured it might not be the best book to read just before going to sleep. Apart from the fact that if I dozed off while reading it and dropped it off the side of the bed, the noise when it hit the floor would probably give my wife a heart attack. So I'm also reading Twelve Ordinary Men by John MacArthur, a book which tells the story of the Twelve Apostles. John MacArthur is an evangelical Christian pastor teacher based in California, and the book is an interesting study of the twelve men originally chosen by Jesus. There are a few hints in the book as to the conservative nature of the author, but it doesn't come to the fore too often to be off-putting. It's actually a good book to read a few pages before going to sleep at night. 
And having nearly finished that book, I've now got Tom Hanks's book of short stories, Uncommon Type, looked out and ready to start. recognise from that theme tune that we had at that point in the Read All About It Extra podcast where my son Andrew comes on and tells everybody what he's not reading this week. So Andrew, this is a special podcast for World Book Night, so tell everybody what you're not reading this week. This week I'm not reading The Good Son by Paul McVeigh. Good Son by Paul McVeigh. A lot of people who are listening to this might know Paul McVeigh or know of him. He's very active on Twitter, um, very encouraging towards a lot of writers. This book is set in Belfast. It's uh, been highly acclaimed, really funny, but um, also quite sad and poignant as well, and a really great book about that time in the north of Ireland and the Troubles. Um, so uh, another good choice of book not to have read, sir. Thank you. It's been a while since we've had a chat on the podcast, so I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably been quite a lot that maybe you've not been reading, but uh, <laughs> that, that you have been watching. So what I wanted to start talking to you about, though, was something that both of us have watched, and I watched this film on your recommendation, and it's a film called Free Solo. So if you can tell everybody what that's about. It's about a guy who climbs a mountain in California called El Capitan. It's... 3,200 feet high and people have climbed it for hundreds of years with ropes and harnesses and equipment that they tie into the into the wall and camp on it as well but this guy does it with absolutely nothing just him, no ropes no safety equipment or anything I mean it's, <clears throat> I remember you you had watched it and then you were raving about it and you showed me just first of all a wee clip as he's getting to, towards the end of this climb and it is like it's a sheer rock face and at times it just looks as if there's nothing he can either grip his fingers or his feet into but it's some of the footage is just extraordinary just the smallest of millimetres his feet and his hands are hanging on it it's just absolutely blew my mind but it's what's amazing when you actually watch the film before he actually does the free solo climb I mean he climbs up the mountain loads and loads of times with ropes and harnesses and with other people, almost like mapping his climb, so aye, he takes aye. notes, so he kind of knows. Because I think when, because they start when he's doing that, he starts from the top and makes his way down with the ropes. But I think they mark certain points of which direction they want to go and what their route's going to be. Because it kind of makes sense because one mistake when he's not getting anything aye. on and he's dead. So aye, costly. <laughs> that's an understatement <laughs> but it is it's a, it's a really brilliant film actually and, and you kept going on at, at me to watch it so me and your mum watched it and it was well worth uh, good recommendation I know I thought so another thing I know that you've been watching and again it's maybe a, a few years old now but the TV series The Thick of It ah uh, it's sounds boring if you were to describe somebody it's about politics and this and that but Aye, it's pretty outrageous. I mean, it's a kind of really kind of black comedy, and it's all set kind of the spin doctors to do with. I think it is the Labour Party. It's in, and Peter Capaldi, who plays Malcolm Tucker, is incredible. And and some of the the, the abuse that the lines that he gives <laughs> are just outrageous. You, none of which you can repeat on this. I know, I know, I can't repeat on this. And it's half the things he says you would never get away with nowadays. How did you stumble upon that? 
Uh, I think Rebecca told me about it before, and then my pal Michael had mentioned it before. Because I'd seen episodes here and there, but decided just to watch it start to finish. And how are you enjoying or surviving the lockdown? Obviously, you're still working, although you've been in holiday, but... Uh, for me, it's... I don't feel any different, because I'm still going to work Monday to Friday, and then the weekend's still the weekend, so everything's normal for me. And... Obviously, we've been playing some board games as well. A bit of uh, old-school Jenga, which was <laughs> very funny. And then uh, the wee friends quiz, which I have to say that uh, me and your mum... Beat you. <laughs> you just ran away with it. <laughs> I showed you how often you watch, <laughs> you watch Friends. Um, but I think I think probably loads of people are doing that. That you know, I see a rise in board games and jigsaws and everything. Because one of the things, I mean, I've said before, I think... It still amazes me sometimes when I pass your room and you're busy playing PlayStation, but you're you're able to talk to your pals in other houses and other parts of the, the town or the city. But I know you've started a couple of times being in touch with quite a few of your friends through Zoom and having like quiz nights, which again is just it's a, I think it's, a lot of people are doing that. Something you you would never imagine doing. Like if you don't see your pals for a while, you know that you're going to see them. But then now I think everybody's wanting to see each other more often because we can't so that's a good way of keeping in contact with everybody and having a, a virtual party and not naming and shaming the, your pal who in the course of your night had obviously had a couple of drinks oh, I, 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 he, he denies that he was asleep he just says he was trying to get comfy and <laughs> he was trying to go to sleep he looked as if he was sleeping for the ah, footage he, he was definitely out cold <laughs> anything else that you've you've been watching at all that you can uh, nothing at the moment, just kind of putting on stuff for background noise, really. But plenty to choose from, and I've got plenty of time to watch everything. And I know, I'm sure that I think Lemmy is a, a big listener of the Read All About the Podcast, <laughs> so he'll be very disappointed to, to, when he hears that he, you still have not got any further forward in his audiobook. Still not even a second further forward. Well, listen, Lemmy, we're really sorry. I, 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 keep, I keep telling Andrew to, to get that book listened to, but he's, he's not having any of it. One of these days. Aye, I'll get around to it eventually. Right, and uh, obviously, apart from recording these podcasts, maybe just have to swap up on, on Friends for the next time we play Friends trip. Uh, I need, need to brush up on my knowledge. Good stuff, but good chat as always, Andrew. Always a pleasure. And, uh, we'll get you on again to find out what else you're not reading during <laughs> this lockdown. Aye, definitely. Good man. A book that I recently finished reading was The Glorious Life of the Oak by John Lewis Stemple. It's a short book which tells the story of the oak tree, not something I would normally read or even stumble upon, but it came out of a recommendation I heard on Radio 4's A Good Read programme. And I have to say that it is beautifully written, captivating and full of fascinating information, such as the fact that Britain's oldest oak tree is 1,050 years old. Now just think about that for a moment. In the book, John Lewis Stemple explores Britain's long history with what he considers to be an iconic tree. He considers the life cycle of the oak, how important it is to other wildlife and animals, describes what happens within the tree, but also underneath the tree and underneath the ground and what he calls the so-called wood-wide web. And it is absolutely fascinating. And even if you don't have any particular interest in the great outdoors I think you'd enjoy this book.
I also recently read a crime book. You might have heard me mention it on a recent podcast extra episode with Chris Dolan and the fact that I didn't enjoy it at all. Now, I didn't mention either the title or the author, and I don't ever really want to go down that road. My opinion is a subjective one, of course, and plenty of other people will no doubt have enjoyed the book or will enjoy the book. And I would always rather speak positively about a book than criticise it. After all, it has been published, along with others in the same series of books, so the writer's doing better than me these days in terms of publication. Now, even though uh, we are currently on lockdown, the Read All About It podcast is continuing every week, every Monday, and bringing uh, a new interview with people choosing their favourite and not-so-favourite book. This week, uh, journalist Tony Conley, who's a colleague of mine at Celtic, he is in the hot seat, followed by another journalist, Jan Patience, uh, writer Stephen Keady, who I think is, we, we discovered during the course of the chat, I think he could be the first uh, non-Scott to be on the podcast. He's from Manchester, so he's coming up shortly. Journalist and writer Joe Donnelly, who has a book coming out called Checkpoint next month, which is all about video games and how they can really help in terms of your mental health. It's a, a really important book. Uh, he's coming up shortly, as is broadcaster Teresa Talbot, and there'll be other uh, guests coming up as well. I'm recording episodes now via the, the wonder of Skype, and it's so far so good. And there'll also be more extra episodes, including one coming up very soon on some crime novels with uh, Krista Dolan and I, again, just selecting some of our favourite crime novels to have a wee chat about. So it'll be some book recommendations for you. I'm going to finish with a short story and a song for World Book Night. And the short story is from my collection of short stories. It's called The book is called As Easy as a Nuclear War. Short stories inspired by Duran Duran song titles. And for anyone who knows me, knows that I am a big Durani. And as I always say, no, that is not Cockney rhyming slang. And every, as I say, every story in this book is a Duran Duran song title and the story I'm going to read it's a very short story called Last Chance on the Stairway which is a, a track from Duran Duran's second album Rio it's actually I think one of their most underrated songs it's a brilliant song and what I did in writing all these stories is that there was five very very short stories effectively flash fiction and each of them has a link to one of the original five members of the band which kind of just gives you a, a a sense of how much my obsession with that band going back to the early 80s when they first came out and I was considerably younger than I am now. And after I've read that, then we'll finish off with a song. And it's a song that I wrote to go along with my book, Read All About It, which I wrote about five years ago. And that was charting my year of trying to read more books and fall in love with literature again. And the song is called Love Story. It's effectively a love song to books and to reading and I just recorded this version on the acoustic guitar in my room, just especially for the, this podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. But first of all, here is my Duran Duran short story, Last Chance on the Stairway. Fiona decided to leave me, though I wouldn't have known if I hadn't met her coming down the tenement stairs as I was walking up to the flat. Where are you going? She looked at the suitcase in her hand, and I did too, and then she shrugged. Are you going on holiday? I asked. Maybe she told me and I'd forgotten about it. No, I'm leaving. You're leaving? I'm leaving. You're leaving? Yes. Why are you leaving? Fiona sighed and I slumped against the stone wall. It was like I was 16 again and Jackie McKenna was dumping me in the stairs between English and chemistry. 
I don't understand, I'd whined to Jackie, who folded her arms against the first breasts I had ever touched. It had been the most intense three weeks of my life. I thought we were in love. Jackie told me we weren't. But why, I asked, feeling tears beginning to well up and hoping they wouldn't spill out or that anyone else would notice as they passed us, otherwise my life would be over and I'd have to leave school and change my name and move to a different town. You're just... just... I'm just what? I asked, taking a step towards Jackie and stumbling so that I fell at her feet. You're just not John Taylor, Jackie said. What? You're just not John Taylor. Who the hell is John Taylor? You don't know who John Taylor is? Is he that guy in sixth year with the crooked nose? No, he's the bass guitarist in Duran Duran, the really beautiful one. I looked up at her, still on my knees, as her eyes drifted beyond me, and I glanced over my shoulder, half expecting to see John Taylor standing there. She turned and walked away, leaving me kneeling and watching her, straining to get one final glimpse up her skirt. Fiona started to move down the stairs and I blocked her way, tempted to fall to my knees again like a broken-hearted teenager. I need to go, Paul, she said, bumping the case against my legs. I stood aside so she could pass. I don't understand, I said. Just give me a reason. Fiona stopped and looked back up at me. I deserve that at least, I said. You want to know why I'm leaving? Yes. You really want to know? I need to know. She shook her head and sighed again. I'm just sick of you playing that bloody bass guitar all the time. March right on, no matter what I 
march right on no matter what I face Until we say goodbye But it's not Close my eyes and let it time.